Since 2017, the Italian Wine Podcast has exploded and expects to hit 6 million listens by the end of July 2023. We're celebrating this success by recognizing those who have shared the journey with us and giving them the opportunity to contribute to the ongoing success of the shows. By buying a paper copy of the Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 or making a donation to help the ongoing running costs, members of the international Italian wine community will be given the chance to nominate future guests and even enter a prize draw to have lunch with Stevie Kim and Professor Attilio Scienza. To find out more, visit us at italianwinepodcast.com. Chin chin! Welcome to Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Listen in as we journey to some of Italy's most beautiful places in the company of those who know them best, the families who grow grapes and make fabulous wines. Through their stories, we will learn not just about their wines, but also about their ways of life, the local and regional foods and specialities that pair naturally with their wines, and the most beautiful places to visit. We have a wonderful journey of discovery ahead of us, and I hope you will join me. Welcome to Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Today we continue our special series that highlights the winners of the prestigious Five Star Wines and Wines Without Walls competition that took place earlier this year. Over the course of two days, in the end of March, early April, it was just before Vinitaly, more than 2,200 wines were tasted by an international jury of wine professionals, Italian winemakers, sommeliers, journalists, and Italian wine ambassadors. We're celebrating today the wine producers whose wines achieved the highest scores and which won special awards. So I'm delighted to welcome my guest, Sofia Ponzini of Tenute Bosco, located on the northern slopes of Mount Etna. Tenute Bosco won the Wines Without Walls Award for the Best Organic Red Wine for its Piano dei Daini 2020 Etna Rosso Doc, Vino Biologico. Many congratulations, Sophia, to you and to the whole team at Tenute Bosco. Thank you very much for being my guest today. How are you? Oh, fine, fine. And thank you for the presentation. <laughs> I'm very proud about this award. Well, it's a very important award, and I was a judge myself, so I know how rigorous the tasting was with each panel of five tasting and the winning wines being retasted by a special jury of the chairs of each grouping of jurors. So it was a very, very rigorous tasting. So it's something to be very proud of. Yeah. Now, you're on the slopes. Tenuta Bosco is on the northern slopes of Mount Etna. For our listeners who have not been to this very special and very particular wine zone, can you describe where you are on Mount Etna and what the landscape, the vinescape is like? Mount Etna is a very unique uh, uh, area. Not only because we are on the um, highest active volcano in Europe, but also for the soil, for the terroir. The northern side is uh, characterized by steep slopes, terraces that climb the side of the volcano and uh, slow and late ripening period. But the really important things are the altitude. We have also vineyards around 1,000 meters above sea level. 
but our um, Wanyard, for example, that one uh, of our red that was awarded is in Contrada Piano dei Daini, is at around in Solicchiata at around 700 meters above sea level. And also the altitude, the exposition. The exposition because we have the sun, but also the mountain range of Nebri and Peloritani that uh, with the Etna create very good climate condition and protect uh, the area from uh, cold winds during the winter. But also we have the Valley of Alcantara. The Valley of Alcantara is uh, important not only for the mass of water, but for the depression of the ground that makes fair winds that blow into the valley and during the night are uh, moving to the sea. Another important thing on our side is also the ancient volcanic soil that born from the different uh, intense eruption that followed during the years and uh, the soil is very, very rich in mineral. So in general, the north side uh, not penalizes the production of wine because this condition creates light and refreshing winds, as I told you. A big difference of temperature range between day and night and also uh, slow and gradual grapes maturation. So we have very balanced, complex and elegant wines with uh, wonderful edge potential. Well, that's actually a very, very good explanation and introduction for our listeners who perhaps haven't been to Mount Etna. And also emphasizing that Mount Etna is not one wine region, but these different exposures, different altitudes create many different regions within Mount Etna, depending on the contrade and the exposure. So we're on the north side at 700 meters, so quite high. That's a very high uh, vineyard. Certainly, if it was on the mainland, that would be a very, very high vineyard. And going up to 1,000 meters, the Nebrodi Mountains in front, helping to create this corridor of wind that helps to ventilate the vines. And of course, this incredible volcanic soil with that's been eroded from eruptions that took place thousands or maybe millions of years ago to the more recent eruptions. I was on Etna, Sophia, a few years ago, and I think it erupted 65 times that year or maybe even more. Yeah. It was incredibly active. The eruptions are like uh, fresh delivery of minerals for us. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, tell us the story of Tenute Bosco. Okay. I've started around uh, 2012, around 10 years ago. But more specifically, my first bottle of wine was the Etna Red 2012. That one uh, was awarded uh, now, the 20, 2020. And the grapes uh, were from uh, the main Piano di Dine in Solicchiata. And in Solicchiata, my wine history began. I'm not an enologist. I've decided to start to make wine just for passion, uh, for the sheer passion, because when I was um, a kid, I had an uncle that made wine for the family, as uh, usually, if you are from Sicily, <laughs> can happen, just not to sell my uncle. And he called every year my mom and invited me for the harvest. So for me, uh, make wine became almost a ritual, a moment of joy and sharing, a family moment since when I was a little girl. Also, I've started a wine production just to give back something to my island. 
something to my city, Catania, that uh, needs to be known also for the beauty of this terroir, for the history, for the culture, and of course, for the, the unique wines that we produce on the, on the Etna. That's a wonderful story, Sophia. Etna is one of the most ancient uh, wine-producing areas of Italy, indeed of all of Europe, with vines that have been grown on the slopes for literally thousands of years. But it's also very exciting, almost as if it's a new wine region with the rediscovery and the renaissance of wine estates on Etna. And your story is, is very inspiring. So you weren't involved in wine prior to deciding to create Tenute Bosco? I was in contemporary art. I've started, yes, my in, in contemporary art. Maybe my passion also for contemporary is in my label. You can see my label, our uh, very graphical sign is a volcano with the lips uh, and uh, is my feeling for the art that I give to the label. So, yes, this is my my life before wines. Okay, that's really interesting. So you're bringing an artistic passion to the creation of great wine as well. I try. <laughs> the Wines Without Walls is a section of five-star wines dedicated to wines produced organically, biodynamically, or by low intervention and natural methods. Tell us about how you are running Tenute Bosco. Tell us what are the sort of things that are important to you in how you grow grapes and make wine? For example, to be organic uh, was a passage that I choose because we are organic certified from 2017 on the label. But three years before, uh, we were in conversion. And I think that today you can't uh, produce, uh, uh, so you have to respect the terroir, you have to respect the nature, and to be organic, it's uh, like a fundamental, very fundamental. And in general, I think you cannot make wine without helping to preserve and protect uh, responsibility, the environment for us and for the future generation. So today is a priority for me, a priority issue, a priority matter in the wine production. Is it um, this unique vineyard, Etna, with its rich, mineral-rich volcanic soil, with its old vines that are still all over the mountain, and with this ventilation that you talk about, the winds coming from the land, winds coming from the sea. Does that help? Is it a real challenge still to grow grapes organically on the north face of Etna? Uh, yes, it is a challenge, yes, of course. But you can imagine, we also in Etna, we have some prefigiloxera vines. So the terroir is very, is difficult to make wine there for so many things. But we are very lucky to have this terroir this is because of the soil, the rich soil. And uh, for example, the prefiloxera vines, you know, the plants are uh, ungrafted. So many plants on the northern side are ungrafted you know, without the rootstock of American vines. The soil is rich of minerals and resistant to the, the phylloxera roots. This is a unique characteristic, you know, the one of the small places in the world you can find something like that. Yeah, it's difficult, but uh, I think we are so lucky to have a place like Mount Etna. You know, it's not easy, as you told me, for the eruption, for so many things. But we love this terroir and uh, the territory, and we thought we are very, very lucky to be there. We love that place. With the difficulty, the challenge, but we love that place, and we love to make wine there. Yes, of course. It's such a beautiful and unique and 
um, majestic wine area, quite unlike anywhere else in the world. Now, Sophie, you make Etna Bianco, Piano de Daini, Etna Rosato, Etna Rosso, of course, your award-winning wine, as well as your pre-philosopher wines that you've just been talking about, the wine made from these ancient grape varieties that must be very, very old if they're still ungrafted. How old are the vines in your vineyard as a whole? Allora, the, the prophyloxera are around uh, 100-150 years old. Amazing. Yeah, the majority part, yeah, are prophyloxera and is in another um, contrada. The grapes uh, came from Contrada Santo Spirito, that is in Passo Pisciaro, is more higher in altitude, around 750, 800 meters above sea level, and it's like um, an amphitheater, around 27 alberello vines. And uh, the place is very special because uh, it's an amphitheater because after the eruption, the farmers make terraces to make and plant the vines. So eruption after eruption, they make this amphitheater. It's very natural. I just recovered some terraces, no more. It's a very unique and special place. Wow. So this is terraces that have been made by generations over many generations. And you can still find these ancient vines cultivated using the albarello etnea, this particular form of training? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In uh, Contrada Santo Spirito, yes, alberello, freestanding bush method. And in Contrada Piano de Daini, the vines are uh, in uh, spoldier. But uh, the age is also 25, 30 years old. So you were able to take over the vineyard uh, and it was already planted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The vineyard was, yes, already planted. Okay, so you had access to then high-quality fruit. Yeah, high-quality fruit and just recover uh, that I found it. But so very little things. The place is very special. The northern side of the mountain, it's uh, unique. It's very special terroir. Yes. Now, let's talk about your award-winning wine, the Etna Rosso Piano dei Daini, which won the best organic red wine. That's a huge achievement. There's literally dozens, if not hundreds of wines were tasted in this category. Tell us about the wine, what makes it special, and, and how you produce it. This is, as I told you, is my first wine. I started with my classical red. The name is now Estenute Bosco. And and uh, from the domain Piano dei Daini. And it's a 90% Nerello Mascalese and 10% Nerello Cappuccio. I choose 90% Nerello Mascalese because the Nerello Mascalese is the prince of Mount Etna grape varieties, grapes aromas, and is the backbones of the wines. But it's less in color and uh, in uh, smells. So the Nerello Cappuccio uh, gives uh, a bit color more and the smells, but the Nerello Mascalese gives the, the acidity. It's famous for also the big acidity. And uh, it's a very interesting red because it's very light, ruby. It's not so deep. It's very elegant. On the nose, you can uh, smell the wild blackberries, yeah, the red fruits, but also the rocky mineral notes are of a great impact because they are mixed with the balsamic notes, a little bit balsamic, yes, but with also coffee grains and, uh, and spices, uh, for example, cloves and uh, juniper. 
the aroma of this, uh, of this red, it's very intense, but uh, not overwhelming. Um, in fact, on the mouth, it's rich, but also it's full, fresh, uh, salty and smooth like the Etna reds have to be. Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local foods, and taking in the scenery. Now, back to the show. Okay, that's a really beautiful description of the wine. And I think it's important for our listeners to understand too that the great red wines of Etna, and they are great wines, some of Italy's greatest wines, um, one, some might think that they would be deep or heavy in color and heavy, heavier wines. But in fact, as you say, Nerano Mascalese is generally light in color in the way that Nebbiolo for Barolo is a lighter colored red wine, even though both are very powerful. I can recall um, Taormina Gourmet attending a tasting that compared Barolo and Etna Rosso. And it was really fascinating to note some of the similarities as well as differences. Two great wines from completely different parts of the country, um, but which also have this lighter color and a more elegant body, not overly powerful, but that complexity that you were describing that comes from this mineral-rich soil of Etna. Etna reds are really unforgettable reds, you know, because also I think Etna wines are mountain wines. It's a really important thing that we have to note. They are mountain wines, so they are elegant, they're fresh, also the reds. Yeah, that's a really important point. You know, I think our listeners need to understand that growing grapes at 700 meters, 1,000 meters, has huge challenges. It's heroic viticulture to work at these heights on this volcanic soil and also on terraces that are very labor intensive. So the result is unique. There are vineyards planted at high altitude in the Alps, in the Valle d'Osta, for example. The highest vineyards in, in Italy are now found on Mount Etna to result in these unique Etna wines. Now, let's just briefly talk about your Etna Bianco. It's a wine I really, really love. Etna Bianco is less well encountered, perhaps abroad, but some really amazing wines can be made from Caricante. Tell us a little bit about your Etna Bianco. I produce at the moment an uh, Etna White is uh, 90% Caricante and 10% Cataratto, Grecanico in Solia and Minella, uh, very small Sicilian endemic varieties of Mount Etna. I choose to leave these uh, 10% of autochthon varieties just to give the authenticity of my terroir because the white came from an ancient wine 
So I would like to leave the small uh, percentage of the, the white grapes we have. And so it's 90% caricante and then uh, that uh, little small varieties. I think it's really, really interesting. The aging, it's very, very easy. We put these in uh, stained steel vats and no more. No woods, no barrique, no tonneau, nothing. It's uh, like authentic white wines from Mount Etna. Organic and with great acidity, verticality. The Etna is the first thing that I would like to have in my glass. No wood, nothing, just Etna, just the minerality. The white is also a little bit salty, but you can feel the Mediterranean greens, the, the Macchia Mediterranea in my glass. You know what I mean? Yes, that's a beautiful description as well. And I think you've mentioned for both the Etna Rosa and the Etna Bianca, the importance of acidity that gives the wines this vibrancy and freshness. Sophia, both of these wines and the Rosato, these are wines that are wonderful to enjoy with food. Can we talk a little bit about the foods of Etna, the foods of Catania, and maybe one or two of your favorite classic dishes that any visitor to Catania and indeed to Etna should definitely try to sample when they're tasting Etna wines. I love the pairing with our wines and food because also the history of food in Sicily is very rich and ancient, has very ancient roots because of our colonization. Sicily was here we had also Arabic people, Greek people, Spanish people, French people. And so the food is a big mix of these cultures. And it's really interesting. For example, I've paired my reds, that one was awarded, with uh, tuna. Tuna with uh, onions is a very typical recipe that uh, in Catania we make with the fish. And the pairing with uh, a caramelized onion and tuna with a glass of red wines, it's perfect. It's gorgeous. It's very, very interesting. You know. Oh my, that sounds delicious. Yeah, it's strange to pair red and fish, but in this way, trust me, it's really, really interesting. Yes, yes, I can imagine that. And what about with the Etna Bianco? Oh, the Etna Bianco, for example, I would like a very classical Italian dish that is typical in the island, also uh, not only in Sicily, but for example, the spaghetti with botarga. Oh, yes. We have so many traditional places in Sicily for the Botarga. And uh, wow, the pairing with Etna White and our spaghetti al dente with Botarga is incredible. Okay. For our listeners who maybe haven't had Botarga, Botarga being the row of either the gray, the gray mullet, I think, is it? Yeah, in two different. Or mullet or tuna, depends. Or tuna. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is uh, salted and air-dried or just air-dried? Dried and a bit salted. And a little bit salted to grate over the pasta. Yeah, absolutely a real classic flavor of Sicily that everybody should try with a nice glass of Etna Bianco. Sophia, one final question then. If our listeners are visiting Eastern Sicily, they're visiting Catania or Siracusa or Taormina and would like to come to Etna to visit Tenute Bosco, is that possible? Allora, the winery is not completed for the part of tourists, but you can have a little walk uh, around the vineyards and uh, drink something. It's really pleasant. It's amazing. 
No, no, I quite understand because it's such a labor-intensive activity and it's an isolated area too. And one can't expect to have drop-in tourism that people just passing by. I totally understand. I still urge our listeners to visit Atna. It's such a unique wine region, vineyard, that you can't understand the wines without actually feeling the volcano, feeling the grit of the, the soil in your hands and seeing these ancient vines. And then, of course, tasting these unique and beautiful wines. Yeah, there is a big energy on the volcano. You can feel it. It's, it's really strange. Yeah. And I think you feel that energy, that volcanic energy in the wine itself. Yeah, yeah, of course. We try. We try. It's our uh, issue. We would like to give to you the energy and the feeling of the volcano. Yes, yes, that's beautiful. Sophia, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for taking the time to be my guest. And many congratulations once again for winning this fabulous award. Mark, thank you so much. But I would like to say something to another type of wine, if I can. Yes, of course. The Etna Rosato. Tell, tell us about your Etna Rosato. But in general, I don't know if you love the rosé, mm-hmm. like a type of wines, but the Etna Rosé, not only my Etna Rosé, but are very interesting because of uh, the acidity of the Norello Mascalese. For example, I produce, I produce just a rosé that has a very quick maceration with the skin, is 100% Norello Mascalese, and uh, is a rosé with a big character, with a great personality, very light, but with a character. And you can enjoy this type of wine, not only like an appetizer with something easy to eat, but also with a gourmet dinner. It's very, very interesting. I suggest you. I'm glad you mentioned that. I have had some really wonderful Etna Rosato wines. As you say, they go with a range of foods and they're very different from light, pretty Rosato wines from other areas or Provence Rosé. It's a completely different style. Still has that power of the volcano in a beautiful and beautiful colors as well. So I'm glad you mentioned that, Sophia. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Not at all. And I hope to meet you and to uh, share a glass of wine with you sometime soon. But in the meantime, grazie e a presto. Thank you, Mark. And grazie davvero. Ciao. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Please remember to like, share and subscribe right here or wherever you get your pods. Likewise, you can visit us at italianwinepodcast.com. Until next time, chin chin.